Praise God. Well, we've been in a series uh, called Our Source for some weeks now. And like we said, we started this uh, the beginning of March. And actually, it was many, you know, the, the, way, uh, the way it works with me anyway, as far as messages, I'll have something rolling around for a while. And I just start to see in the, in the Word and uh, look at different scriptures concerning that. And it just is like it's there. It pops out at me. And this has been rolling around for months. But you know, you want to preach and teach on what you need to at any given time. You don't just get up and say, well, you know, what should I preach on? Oh, I haven't done this for a while. I'll do that. You know, we're to, to, to get hooked up with the Lord and say, well, Lord, what would you have to minister to your people? And of course, He uses men and women. He uses us but there's going to be a leading, and then we hook up with him to do what he wants to do. And so this has been rolling around for months, and it seemed like the right time. You know, I, I was going to preach on it uh, on May 1st, and that's the week stuff started. That, that's when the stock market st first started to fall, and, and things started to really ramp up. Not completely, it really started to ramp up in the middle of, of March, but stuff really started to be shaky, and we were, we were talking about that on that Sunday. And so we've been in the middle of this. And um, God's faithful. He's good. And His Word is everlasting. And so we can look to His Word uh, to get built up, to receive encouragement and direction. So let's look at Matthew 6, verse 19. Matthew 6, verse 19. This is the main area of Scripture we've been using uh, in this series. And we're going to read it all. Uh, in this area, and I'm gonna, we're going to focus on a few parts. Like I've said before, this is so rich. This area is just so rich with, with um, truth uh, in this uh, area of, of finances and material things. And this is Jesus speaking. Matthew 6, 19 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where, there, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22 says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Talking about how you see things. If, if your eye is good, your body will be full of light. If you see right, your insides are going to be full of, of the right thing. Verse 23, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. How you see circumstances, see uh, situations, is going to affect your whole being. If there, therefore the light is, that is in you is in darkness, or is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or money. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now I want you to, to look at two parts of this, and then we're going to get into some more this morning. Uh, let's look at verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I also want you to look at uh, verse, well, let's go to verse 31. Verse 31, it says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Now look at this. It says, you go back to verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? You know, people may not be saying, I mean, some of this, uh, people may be actually saying, you know, what shall we wear? Uh, you know, where am I going to get the next meal as far as, uh, you know, the grocery store and all this stuff has been, uh, all that's changed. But, you know, you could say, where, how am I going to pay for the things that I have coming down the road. Now how, how people, this doesn't always sound just like this. It's, you know, how am I going to pay my mortgage? Um, how am I going to pay for the kids' college? Or how am I going to make the car payment? Or what's going to happen with my business? How am I going to pay my employees? How am I going to, you know, go forward for, for this next account? Or, it, you know, it, it could, it's these questions of how I'm going to look to the next Whatever it is, we could bring it into to, uh, the way we live now in general. But verse 32 says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. He's saying natural people, people that don't look to God, they talk about these things all the time. You know that's true. We live in a natural world. We deal with this stuff. But he's saying your heavenly Father knows you need these things. Verse 33 says then, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. He said, look, all these things, and he's got, all through this time he's, he's saying, you know, we, we spent some time last week talking about uh, verse 24 and 25. We don't have to look at that, but it says, you know, don't, you can't serve two masters. You can't, you can't go to money and God. And he's saying, so why do you worry about all this natural stuff? And that's what he's saying here. Jesus is saying, why do you look at all these natural things? Why are you trying to figure out where all this stuff is going to come from? He said, that's what natural people do that don't look to me. They don't look to God. That's what they, they're looking at. How am I going to do this? He, and then in verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
and all these things will be added to you. So he's saying, God, Jesus is not negating these things. He knows we need them. He's saying, your heavenly Father knows you need them, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and these things will be added to you. Now we are talking about God being our source. He is the source. As a Christian, God is our source, not an organization, not a company, not a job, not the government, not our family. God is our source, and God can get uh, what we need to us through many channels, but He is the source. We can't get our eyes on a channel. We need to keep our eyes focused on Him. He's the source. He's the source. The channels can change, but God is the source. And so he's, Jesus is saying here, we need these different things. But seek God first, and you'll have these things. So seek the source, and the stuff that you need is going to come. Praise God. Let's, uh, let's look at verse 19 really quick. You know, back there that I mentioned, Matthew 6, verse 19, and then we're going to get into some other scriptures. But it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart be also. Go back to verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Well, you may not have a problem with moths. You may have a problem with rust. I don't know. But what, what the picture here is, you can lose material things just on earth. It can decay. Things here are decaying. Everything that we know it's got a, a shelf life. It's, it's, its days are numbered. And if we put, what he's saying here, if you put your stock in the stuff of the earth, it can change. Well, we've seen that. It, you can see the value of something can change. If that's where our focus is, how much something is worth, well, that can change. And that's what this is referring to here. He said, don't lay up for yourselves. Don't put your focus on something that's changeable. Now, he's not saying... Now, some people have over-spiritualized and say, well, you know, it's just all what we have in heaven. Don't worry about anything on, on this earth. Well, here he's saying, don't put your trust in that stuff that can change. But he's saying, he's not saying, don't worry about that stuff as far as don't be concerned about it. He said, your father knows you need all these things, but don't put your stock in something that can change. We need something that can't change. In other words, that's unassailable. Your, your trust and your, um, really your investment, you want it to be in something that can't be touched by this world system. And so in verse 20, it says, he said, just got done saying, don't, don't, don't uh, lay up for yourselves in stuff that will, to, will decay. But he said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and whether, where thieves do not break in and steal. In other words, it cannot be touched. He said, lay up for yourselves. He's not just talking about when we get to heaven, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven 
where neither rot, where moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Our trust needs to be in something more than what we have because that's changeable. But if our trust is in the source and we're doing what He would have us to do, it doesn't matter what happens to the stuff on this level. That has not been touched and we still have full value. Amen. It can't be touched. Well, Jesus said it. Seek first the kingdom of God. This stuff will happen. Don't seek the stuff. Don't look at that. Look to God, and now your place and your position is secure. You will have what you need. He said all these things will be added to you. Let's look. Uh, you don't have to turn to all these, but we're going to put some of these up. Proverbs 1.7. See, this is about where we look. When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, he said, seek it first. You don't seek the stuff. You don't seek this external, this material. We seek him. And then we can trust that when we need it, it'll be there. Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of God, that doesn't mean you run away from Him. That doesn't mean you're scared of Him. It's reverence. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. That means you put Him number one. You put His things number one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord, the reverence of God, is the beginning of true knowledge. In other words, you can walk around on this earth, you can take classes, you can get educated with facts and information, but the fear and reverence of God, of the Lord, is the beginning of true knowledge. That means we'll walk in true wisdom, in, in truth. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What's wisdom? Knowing what to do. Knowing what to do. Isn't, every, isn't that what so many people are, are seeking all the time? In the financial realm, we're, you know, we're talking about material things. There's so much about you know, where you invest and how much you do this and all that. But God is telling us, go to Him first. That's the first principle. And that is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge for anything else. And it applies, this is generally, but it applies here. Jesus said, seek first, and now... Everything flows from that. If He's our source, then we're going to Him first, and now everything else is going to flow from that. He's not an afterthought. He's number one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Understanding what to do. Know how to use what we have. Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he's quoting from the Old Testament. He said, This is the first and greatest command, great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. He's saying, number one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. He's number one. 
He's the first principle. Going to God and saying, Lord, what, what would you have me to do? How do you want me to operate? Putting Him number one. Now that puts us on solid ground. Jesus said that's the first commandment. That's number one. Do you put Him above everything else? Jesus said, seek first. And it applies in this realm. It applies in every realm. But we're talking about Him being our source. Well, this, these principles very much apply here. What, what do we do in the material realm? Is that something that's just off to the side? No, it affects every part of our life. But it's not life itself. God is our source. God is the, the Almighty. And as we approach the material realm, we need to put Him in His proper place so that all this other stuff gets its proper place. You're our source. This stuff can rot. This stuff can change. But Lord, I fear you. I, in other words, I reverence you. I honor you. You are the beginning of wisdom. I'm not looking to... There can be principles that are based on the Word, but I don't replace any of those. I don't replace the Word with those principles. In other words, I seek what you have to say, and now... I am on solid foundation. See, we need to know now as much as ever what the Word of God says concerning these areas. We don't need a philosophy we don't, from some person. We don't need somebody's opinion on financial matters. We don't need somebody's philosophy. We need to know if God is our source, we need to know what God has said. We need to know what His Word says. And so then we're not saying, well, so-and-so said this. That's not going to work when we're under pressure in the material. We need to be able to go and say, God, I'm with you. I am in covenant with you. And know what he said. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. 1 Samuel, we'll just put this up. 1 Samuel 2, verse 27. <clears throat> it says, Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did, did I not give to the house of your father all of the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Why do you kick, me, kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me? He's dealing with Eli, saying, you put all these other things in front of me. He said, you, did, you put your sons and put them in front of what I was doing, what, what I told you to do. He said... You honor, honor, honor your sons more than me to make yourselves fat with the best of the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord, of God, Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, and this is what I wanted to get to, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Despise, see, when we think of despise, you know, we think of abhor or really, um, you know, thumb or nose at. But it, it means just what it says in the second part of that verse. To despise 
is to, can be just to lightly esteem. It means, eh, it's not that big of a deal. And God is saying here, those who honor me, I will honor. Jesus said, seek me with your whole heart. The, in Proverbs it said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God is saying here, those who honor me, I will honor. Those who put me first, didn't Jesus say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. God is the one on the throne. God is the Almighty. And when we honor Him, we can expect Him to honor us. When we do what He said to do, honoring is, Lord, I'm going to do what You said. I'm going to pay reverence to You. You said, however you want me to handle things, I'm going to put You first. Now I am on solid ground to, to have His Word come to pass in my life. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Now we're going to look at some verses that say these very things. See, we want to be on solid ground. When push comes to shove, we don't want to be sort of, well, I tried this and that, and well, you know, my church teaches this, and oh, I heard some guy on TV five years ago, and he said I should do this, and so I've done that. When the pressure is starting to come and push, we want to be able to go, God, your word says this, I believe you, I trust you, and stand firm. So then we need to know what he said. We don't need religion. We don't need creed, church creed or doctrine. We don't need somebody's opinion. That's why we need to preach the word, not my opinion, not your opinion, not somebody's philosophy, but what does God's word say? Because we can take that to the bank. And then here we're talking about literally, because God will not fail. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, Honor, we just read about honor. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, your vats will brim over with new wine. We just read... In, in, the, in 1 Samuel, he said, those who honor me, I will honor. Here we see this happening. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. First, we're saying, God, I know there's all this stuff. I know there's all these things pulling on me. But you're first, I honor you. Now it says something in relation to that. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits of all your income. So shall your storage places be filled with plenty. Your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. You know, you may not have a literal barn, but this is talking about, it says, your storage places, your savings accounts, your accounts, well, your business accounts, your clients, if you're a business, your uh, customers, the places where you store your profits will be filled with plenty. Your vats will be filled with new wine. Well, doesn't everybody, if you look at that, isn't that what people all over the world, that's what they want? Of course, there are how many books, seminars, 
etc., on how do you be successful in these areas, how you increase your profits. Now, there are, there's a natural business side, but this is the foundation. And this is something that we can, we can look at and say, Lord, you're my source. When we look and see the word, we can expect him to do exactly what he said. But people all over are seeking this. They want that result. But look at the first part in verse 9. Proverbs 3, verse 9, the Amplified Classic, it says, Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits of all your income. He said, you come to me first. It says, seek first the kingdom. He said, you come to me. Now, this is not my opinion. This is what the Bible said. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits of your income. So shall your storage places be filled with plenty. Like we read uh, in the beginning of Luke, it, your, your stuff will not be eaten up because you've honored the Lord. What you need will be there. It will be filled with plenty. And your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. These are promises of God. Now, a foundation of this. Let's look at, let's look at some further results, actually. Malachi 3, verse 10. Malachi 3, verse 10. When we look at this, these results that this, this verse of Scripture promises... People all over the world are seeking. But look at what this says. Malachi 3 verse 10 says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Isn't this similar to what we just read? A tithe is the first part, is the, is the 10%. It says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this. God Himself is saying, try me, test me. He says, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit to you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Now notice what it says here. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. See, he is saying, and we're going to look at uh, another verse. Well, let's look at this now. And we'll come back to Malachi. But I want you to notice in Malachi, uh, we'll say this before we go on, the result of putting God first is that there would be this overflowing. Let's just look at this before we go, go and then maybe we'll come back. It says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, there will not be room enough to, over, to receive it. Doesn't that sound like what we read in Proverbs? 
honor the Lord and the barns will be filled with places. The storage places will be uh, half plenty. First Samuel said, On, those who honor me, I will honor. Now, as we're getting into this, we may, we may focus. My intent today is not to go into all the detail of talking about uh, the tithe and different things. I want you to see the connection here. And so we may go, go more in depth um, in the future. But I want you to see some things in context of the things we're talking about. We're talking about God being our source. He being the one that we look to. Leviticus 27.30, I want you to notice the language here. It says, All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Notice that. This is talking about uh, agriculturally here, but this, this principle is throughout the Word. And like I said, my intent right here, we're going to fly over some stuff. We may go into more detail, but there's some things I want you to see in this. It says, and all the tithe of the land, tithe means ten, tenth per, uh, ten percent, tenth. That's what it means. It's not variable. Whether of the seed or of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. Who is, whose is it? It's the Lord's. It's not an organization's. It's not a church's. It's not a man's. What does it say? It's the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. That means it's set aside. That means it, it, it is honoring Him. In verse 32, Leviticus 27, 32, it says, And concerning the tithe of the herd of the flock, whatever passes under the rod, the tenth shall be holy to the Lord. Holy to who? To the Lord. So the tithe is 10%. What does that mean? Now we're talking about reverencing God. We're talking about Him being our source. We are talking about the foundation for us going to God and saying, Lord, you are my source financially. And like I said, today we are flying over some things in this context, just getting into this, and then we may get into some different parts of it. But what I want you to see is the connection when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to you. When he said, store up for yourself in a place that it will not be touched. When he says, honor me and I'll honor you. Those who honor me, I will honor well, he says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, looking to Him as the first person, the first one. When he says, honor the Lord with your possessions, and these things will happen. When it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and this will happen. These are principles of bringing in and putting God first. And then by putting Him first, it affects all the rest of what we bring in. And God has promised that the 90% after the tithe will be more than enough, will be much more than 100% without the tithe. Now, I'm not, and so, we, so people will say, well, where do you bring it? Well, we can get into that more, but the Bible says it's the Lord's. We can talk about conviction. We can talk about opinion. But we need to, to focus on what does the Word say 
it says it's the Lord's. It says it's to Him. It doesn't say necessarily bring it to the church. It doesn't say bring it to a person. It says bring it, put it into the work of God, of what God is doing on the earth. And then He said all these things will happen. Let's look at that real quick again. Malachi 3.10. Actually, before we go there, let's look at a few other verses. Just in this principle. Seeing. This is the way God works in the earth. I'll put the, you can just put these up. You don't have to turn to all of them. But Proverbs 11 <clears throat> Proverbs 11, verse 24 says, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. There is one who withholds more than right, but it leads to poverty. See, it's saying somebody giving, giving away, it looks like that should go down, but it said he increases more. See, this is a principle of God. This is God's law, not it's above man's law. God is the one we honor. There is one who scatters yet increases more. There is one who withholds more in his right, but it leads to poverty. In other words, it's counterintuitive with our natural thinking. Somebody says, I'm going to hold on. I, no, I need that. And then it actually goes to poverty. Where God said, you honor me and I will honor you. Here it's saying somebody that's scattering, giving, and actually they increase. Verse 25, the, the generous soul will be made rich. See, that's counterintuitive. Somebody that's giving, they're actually increasing. This is a law of God. And he who waters will also be watered himself. The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. Luke 6.38 says, Give, these are all just talking about this principle, putting it into the hands of God. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Same principle. It says, Give and it will be given to you. See, that's counterintuitive. Give it away, but it's going to come back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom, will be put into your lap. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. 2 Corinthians 6, or 9, verse 6. It says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. See, he's, he's talking about the grace of God abounding it back to you so you have an abundance all the time. This is how God operates. This is how God, His principles, work. And when we, talk about, when we talk about Him being our source, we can talk around in circles, 
But we when we look at what God said, when we honor Him, we can expect what He said to happen. And then we can be bold about it. If we have been sowing into the kingdom of God and we can go, God, I've done this, we have the right to go to God, not in an arrogant way, not in a you know, disrespectful way, but to say, Lord, your word says this. And you can demand, not of God, of the devil and of the world, what the, the reality, you say, this is coming to me. I have done. I have honored God. He said He would honor me. And these scriptures, we can stand on. We're going to, I believe, get into much more concerning some of these things. But we want, like I said before, we want to know what the truth is so we can come in the middle of pressure and say, this is what I am standing on. God, you your word is settled. We are in covenant with you, and you will not be mocked. It says in Galatians, God will not be mocked. What a man sows, he will reap. That means a man who comes before God and, and reverences God and says, Lord, your stuff is first. Jesus said, all these things are going to be added. It says over and over that if we honor Him, He'll honor us. We're talking about covenant. We're talking about partnership. With who? With God. We're talking about Him as our partner. We're not talking about a person. We're not talking about an organization. You can partner with people. You know, there may be business partners that have an equal share. Of course, a marriage is a covenant relationship. Partners. You could partner with a different company. We're talking about God as your business partner, as your person, that, as your partner that walks through you with stuff. Now, like I said, we, as we do some of this, we're flying over some of these things, and we may get into some detail. But the part I want to get over to you is that if we honor Him, and, and, and are walking in what He has said right now in this situation, you have every right to stand on His Word and say, I'm going to be taken care of. I am going to make it through because, God, you said if I honor you, I, I will be honored. Lord, I expect you will not be mocked. I have reverenced you. I have done what you said I'm going to do or I'm supposed to do. So I believe that it will come back to me. I believe this may have dried up, but Lord, my treasure wasn't there. It's, I'm doing what you told me to do. So it's going to come, come over here. And I'm not going to get my eye on that. If that stuff goes away, if it looks like that's gone. The, you know, people without God will go, oh my gosh, that's gone. What am I going to do? I say, Lord, no, I have a covenant with you. It hasn't been touched, and now I can just expect it's coming someplace else because he will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. Let's look at Malachi again. Malachi 3, verse 10. <clears throat> Praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, verse 10, that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. God is saying, you try me, you test me, you see, you honor me. I 
He's not doing it to, to draw attention to himself, but he said, I am the Lord. I'm your source. And he said, you try me. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room to receive it. That's a promise. That we can say, Lord, I believe you. I trust you. Lord, I, I believe. I've, I've done what you said to do. Lord, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I believe that I'm taken care of. And you stand on that. And you believe on that. It says, verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. That means the stuff that you have, it won't wear out quick. It'll last. It'll work well. You won't have to waste money on fixing this and fixing that perpetually. looks like you got the raise, but it goes right to all this stuff. No, it will be, your stuff will last a long time. So that he will not destroy the fruit of the ground, of your ground. Nor shall your vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So this is the foundation. When we talk about coming before God, seek first the kingdom. When we talk about Him being our source, He is generally our source. But one thing, and I believe we'll get into this more. But one thing we need to understand is that the tithe belongs to the Lord and it's holy unto Him. And we can't go by, if we're going to come, see, people can give uh, lip service but to, to a lot of things and give their opinions and say, well, I don't believe this, I don't believe that, I believe, you know, this is under the old covenant or whatever. The Bible says, and we can get into that in more detail, but if we're going to, push come to shove, believe God's our source. We need to know what he said. We don't need to know what somebody else said about what he said. We don't need to, to have an opinion. We don't need to have a philosophy. And we need the truth. We can't, we can't go, we need to know our rights and privileges and who we're in covenant with and what it looks like. We, so we can stand up and we can be bold about it. We don't need something that makes us feel good. Amen? It's not just, well, we need to know when the storms are blowing, Lord, you're taking care of me and you are my partner. Well, what does that look like? The basis is what we're talking about here. When we, the Bible says the tithe is the Lord's. It doesn't say it is to an organization. It doesn't say specifically, it says it's to the Lord. It says it's holy to him. Well, what does that mean? It means 10% of our income. If we're a person, what does it mean practically? We may get into this more, but just for the sake of where we are not. Now, what does that mean? People will get into, you know, is this the gross or the net when you're talking about your personal income? Well, again, you could be convicted on stuff different ways. It says 10%. And one person said it like this, you can't outgive God. So, you know, personally, I always believe if you're talking about on, uh, from a personal level, we're talking about income from a personal level, 10%. Where does that, what does that mean? 10% is given unto the Lord's work. What does that mean practically? You put it aside and you say, Lord, at least 10%, because that's the minimum. We get into it. What does that mean? 
10%, you're going to give unto whatever God directs you to give into. And you, your con convictions, you need to let Him be led. There's different convictions that people have. But one thing we know is that it's His. And that's the thing that we have to focus on. Not you giving it to this church. Not you giving it to a certain ministry. But unto Him. Because that's, the, that's what we're talking about as far as covenant relationship with Him. When we say, Lord... I'm going to come in and do what you told me to do. Lord, I put you first. What does that look like practically? Because we could say, well, Lord, I just give you all. And he said, seek first the kingdom. What does that mean practically? See, this is critical because as we're, as, when we get under pressure, we need to know where we stand and be able to say, God, I'm walking with you. We need to be confident in that. Well, we don't need somebody's opinion or dumbing stuff down. We don't, if it's a contract, we don't need to say, well, you know, this is what this person... Have you ever signed a contract? What, what do they tell you to do when you sign a contract? You better read the fine print. You better have a lawyer look at it. What if, if you just said, well, somebody told me this is what this contract said, and this is what's going to happen, and so you signed it, but that didn't have anything to do with the contract. That wouldn't work. Well, God has set it out specifically... And he said, you honor me, and I'll honor you. And so we can stand on that when, they're, when they're, we're the, in the middle of a storm. So as we, as we look to him, it's really simple. Doesn't matter how big the income is, doesn't matter how low it is, we say, Lord, this part's yours. It is freedom. Because we don't have to say, well, Lord, what should I do here? And I don't know. We just say, Lord, you said I'm in covenant with you. So this part is yours. And we, we believe him that whatever the rest of it is going to be more than the, the part that 90% is going to end up being more because we have his word on it. We don't have to get into a bunch of gymnastics. We say, Lord, I believe what you said. Do you have to tithe? You don't have to tithe if you don't want to be blessed like it says here. You don't have to do a lot of things. But if we want to be able to go to God and say, Lord, I believe you, I trust you, then we want to be uh, coming to Him and seeking Him first. So practically, as money comes in, we're just saying, Lord, that's yours. And then, Lord, you show me how you want me to, what you want me to do with that. And it's a joy. It talks about giving joyfully. We say, Lord, how, what would you like me to do with this? How would you like me to do with this? Or where would you like me to give? And then we go and honor him, and we know, Lord, I'm honoring you. The work of the gospel, the work of his work, we're putting that first. And now the 90% is blessed. I just want to throw a couple practical things here while we're here. And then, like I said, we may get into more detail. But if you're a businessman, what does that look like? You know, you have profits, you, you, have, you have revenue, but then you have expenses and all that stuff. Somebody said, how in the world? Well, if you're a businessman, what does it look like? The Bible says that, that we tithe off our increase. So it becomes real simple when we put it like this. If, if a God is our business partner, what does it look like? If somebody, if a human was a business partner, a 10% partner, what would it look like? It means that they would get 10% of the, the gross, the, the, the profits. So what does that mean? 
That means the profits may go up, they may go down in a month, they may go up, they may go down. But at the end of the day, when you balance all that out, 10% of that profit goes there. That means they're in covenant with God. That business is in covenant. It's, it doesn't mean that you take 10% off of your revenues and you got all these expenses that are going to go to product and everything. It doesn't mean that. It means the increase. But what does that mean? When you're, when you're putting him first, that means everything else is blessed. That means the, the hand of God that we're talking about here is blessed. Now, this is what we do to cooperate with what he already said. This is a law in the earth that we can cooperate on, co cooperate with. And as we've been doing this, I want to encourage, as, as we've been doing this, because this church ties. Every, everything, 10% of everything that comes in goes out, at least. As it comes in, we're looking. We put it in a separate place, and then we're, we are given to other ministries. And because, like, like it says in the Word, as it comes in, as you get into giving, as you scatter, more comes in. And it's the same thing personally. As we are in this, it's a joy and a privilege. We get to where, Lord, I am cooperating with you, and I can relax knowing, Lord, I'm doing what you have called me to do in this area, and I can sit back and go, I expect there to be plenty. I expect the my barns, my storage places to be running over. I expect your windows of heaven to be pouring out such a blessing that I cannot contain it. We can know the Word of God in this area. We can trust Him and say, Lord, I believe You. I trust You. I honor You. I honor You with the first fruits of my increase, and I believe You and trust You that You'll take care of everything else and give Him glory. And honor, trust Him. Praise God.